Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. If you'd like to listen to more of LPJ and Sphinx, make sure to check out Last Action Podcast, where they discuss action movies. If you're looking for more Matric, check out twitch.tv slash matriconstage. That's M-A-T-R-I-K. You can also check out his work on YouTube, and that's Matric on Stage there as well. For more of myself... Craig WK, you can listen to podcasts like The Legend of Retro and Noiseland Arcade. If you're interested in supporting Noobs and Dragons, you can go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you can pay $5 a month for access to Behind the DM Screen, our behind-the-scenes monthly special. This show wouldn't be possible without our patron support. Thank you. Jean-Claude, Ophelia, the two of you had just been in a place called the Payne Chateau. Uh, the the host, whether he was a butler, whether he was, it was his mansion, you're not sure. Uh, but he had invited you in. Uh, but when he came back with drinks, as you guys were looking at the gallery uh, where pictures of Lysander were, and he seemed to be in some kind of trouble... Uh, he freaked out uh, and demanded that you give him the case that you have, and you guys ran away uh, and heard the screams of Lysander in the distance. Uh, but at this point now, everything behind you has gone silent. Everything has gone black, and you feel like you must have stepped into another dream or nightmare. Uh, though as far as that goes, everything's still black. It's just empty, like... You don't see anything around you. Uh, even uh, with your dark vision, uh, Ophelia, it's it's a weird kind of awkward feeling because usually you at least see, like you know, gray tone of of you know uh, you know things around you around sixty feet worth, but you don't see anything. Ophelia, are you there? I think so. Um. It's really dark in here. I don't know what's going on. Ah, I can't. I can't see anything. Even, even with my dark vision. Perception checks. Well, that's not a good start. Uh, I cast guidance on John Claude. Okay. What is that? Four. D four. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I rolled a ten. That's not too bad. Uh, I rolled a. <laughs> Nine. With the D four, yes, it was, it was one above being really bad. Oh, oh boy, uh, this is a new recording session, so uh, uh, your your critical fails are reset. Lucky for so you. So magnanimous of you. <laughs> mm. Anyway, uh, with a nine and a ten, you guys listen. Something smells damp. Uh, like damp earth, maybe. Uh, you guys listen, and you hear dripping uh, from a direction. You you can't really tell what direction it is. 
you have no bearings about you because you're in pitch black. Uh, but you hear the droplets of like water in the distance, and you smell this like damp earthen smell. Can I pull out my lantern? You can. I pull out my lantern. You pull out the lantern. You want to light it? Uh, yep. Ten, maybe five to ten feet around you, a little bit of light comes out. Should be quite a bit more. But that's this, whatever area you're in right now is just like absorbing the light. This is very strange. Uh, my lantern, it's uh, not quite working well. No, and I can't see, which is unusual. Can you see my lantern? Yeah, you can uh, see. Assume. So, Ophelia, you can see the uh, Jean-Claude is holding the lantern. And there should be pretty bright light coming out of it, but uh, it's very dim. Uh, the light only goes maybe five feet of bright light and then five feet of dim light. Doesn't seem right. Yeah, so like... Uh... The, the essentially the space where uh, Jean-Claude is is bright so you could see him and it's just dim light exuding off of him holding the lantern. Ooh, can I, I want to take a, uh, a piece of chalk and cast the light cantrip on it and I want to try to throw it like 30 feet in front of me. Sure, so uh, as far as that goes, once again, you cast the light cantrip, should be like 40 feet of light. It only exudes out five feet of bright light and then five feet of dim light. Uh, and you're throwing it in a, a direction? Uh, just like straight in front of me. Sure. Now, uh, essentially at this point, your only guidepost, if you will, is a the sound of dripping water. Do you want it thrown towards the dripping water or a random direction otherwise? Um, maybe towards the dripping water. Sure, you throw it about 30 feet. Uh, make an athletics check. All right. Good. <laughs> That's a five. Ten feet away from you, the uh, chalk hits the ground and bounces and doesn't go quite the full 30 feet. Um, does it illuminate anything? <laughs> yeah, you can see the five, uh, the, the five, ten feet around it. Uh, it seems like the the ground, uh, and under uh, Jean-Claude, you can tell this as well, seems like hard, rough stone. Uh, maybe like a cave, like a cave floor. Uh, you think maybe we should uh, head for the uh, dripping water sound and see what that is? Yeah, it's, not, it's the only thing we have to go off of. Okay. I'm going to pick up my uh, piece of chalk on the way and kind of use it as a light absolutely so you uh, are holding on to the the chalk as well so your two forms glow in the darkness and you guys press forward and you get maybe about 60 feet and uh your uh come up you can't really tell what's going on around you but when you come out uh it must be out of like a, a cave mouth entrance uh into a larger chamber you now see that uh, the ceiling is covered with little tiny glowing lights. Maybe shimmering gems. Uh, if you want, you can make nature checks. I can maybe tell you a little more. Better. Uh, I cast Guidance. <laughs> um, and I got an 18. I got a... What, what, what are you doing? Nature? Yep. Okay. 
That is a 13. With a 13, uh, you're not really sure. It could be gems. Uh, you know, you're, you're not entirely sure what else it could be. Uh, with an 18, uh, Ophelia, you're pretty sure that it could certainly be glowing gems. Uh, but more than likely in like a cave setting like this, you think that it's like some kind of phosphorant fungus. That's kind of illuminating the ceiling. I don't think we should eat it. I'm not very hungry anyway, so that's pretty good. Uh, so you guys are, are at the, uh, have come to the edge of this water. And uh, the, the kind of the, the, the shimmering lights from the ceiling reflect in the water. And you can see uh, it just looks like probably hundreds and hundreds of feet, probably like 300, 500 feet, this subterranean lake that just sort of is perfectly still and has the reflection of the lights uh, uh, from the ceiling coming down into the water. Okay, so it's a big lake. Uh, we have glowing uh, mushrooms and some dripping water. Um, do you hear who's anything else? I have no idea who could this who stream this could possibly be. Uh, if you guys want a, a worm, if you guys want, you can make a uh, an arcana check, uh, and I can maybe tell you a little bit more. Uh, guidance. <laughs> uh, that's a six. Oh, I'm not doing good today. Uh, that is an eight. <laughs> With a six and an eight, uh, you guys aren't entirely sure. I uh, I can only give you vague notions. Uh, this is a dream that was connected to the Pain Chateau. That's all you know. Huh. All we know. You don't. You don't think it was that Pain Guy's dream, do you? No, maybe. Uh... Maybe something's buried uh, in, in the Pain Chateau. Maybe it's Lysander. Maybe maybe he's buried. Oh, I hope not. I don't think he'd like that very much. I would imagine probably not. No, he's very... Yeah, no. Um, Perception, please. Perception? Please. Guidance. Uh-huh. Uh, 16. It is a... Nine. No. Yes. Damn it. Yes. With a nine, uh, you hear uh, uh, some of that dripping, uh, but you kind of look around and don't really see anything. Ophelia, you feel like the water kind of makes waves in your direction. You think that uh, something must be, must have come to the surface of the water and then either moved around or went back down. I let Jean-Claude know. I think we need to be careful. It's a sea monster. I don't think Lysander would like sea monsters either. No, probably not. Uh, yeah, any questions for me? Anything uh, you're curious about? Uh, so... We're on like a like a cliff overlooking this lake, sort of like we're at the edge of. Uh, more like the 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 cave floor just sort of dips down on a like an incline, and the lake is there. So it's not so much like a sh uh, a sharp cliff than it is just the ground kind of goes to the water's edge. And 
we can't really see anything else in front of us. Not really. Uh, I, I mean, you guys have, have just sort of come to the water's edge because your own light sources, you know, only go so far. Uh, but as far as what uh, you're seeing at the water's edge, yeah, that's about it. All right. Do we want to maybe throw something in the water and see what happens? Oh, I don't know if it's worth disturbing what's in there. I don't know. Is there is there like any path to walk along, like like to walk along this water? Sure. So you kind of poke your head around and looking around. And you see that it does look like there's land all around this subterranean lake. You could wa- start walking around it for sure. Maybe we start doing that and just keep our our eyes trained on that lake. And what, get to the other side? Yeah, I don't see anywhere else to go right around here. How big is this? Do we, can we tell how big this lake is? Uh, like 600 feet. It's It seems huge. Okay. So it'll take us a while to walk around it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, hmm. Well, we don't want to go swimming. That's for sure. Um, no, not if we can't see what's in there. Perception check for me. Guidance. <laughs> uh, no guidance on this one, I'm afraid. Oh. Uh, 25. Uh, right. Uh, 10. Uh, Jean-Claude, you don't really notice anything. With a 25, uh, Ophelia, you feel like you see something rise in the water a bit. Uh, It's hard to tell because your only light source is what's reflecting off the the ceiling. But it seems like the lights kind of shimmer a bit, as if something kind of rose to the surface and then sunk back down, and you see kind of waves coming towards uh, the edge of the water where you're at. It was probably about 60 feet out. I think there's something coming towards us. Getting closer? It seems that way. Uh, do we hear anything? Uh, Other than the water. With a 10 and a 25, you hear nothing. It's pure silence. Okay. Is there, enough, is there enough room to, like... Give us, like... Because we're, like, right up on this lake, right? Yeah, you're pretty close to the water's edge. Maybe about five is there away. Is there enough room for us to... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying... Is there enough yeah, room you're... for us to go, thir- like, be 30 feet away from the edge of the water and still skirt around? It probably depends on the, the area you're walking, but where you're at right now, you could. Yeah, we should probably back up, right? Yeah, let's give our, let's give ourselves some distance and try to make our way around... So you guys back off 30 feet, and as you do so, uh, both of you now can see uh, a lump in the water comes up to close to the edge, maybe about 10 feet away, and this bulbous form kind of pokes its head, maybe, you're not sure, out of the water, and its eyes glow red. But what's strange is that it doesn't have eyes horizontal like a creature should. Its eyes are vertical. Three glowing red lights in a perfect row, one on top of another, open, blink, and stare at you guys. 
Uh, have you ever seen anything like this before? Can we check to see if we've seen anything like this before? Nature with disadvantage. <laughs> Let me know what you get. Uh, oh, that's actually not too bad. 16. Five. With a five? It's nothing natural, that's for sure. With a 16, Ophelia, there are large uh, aquatic creatures, uh, aberrations, known as abolith. They're like huge fish-like monsters uh, that originated from the far realm that have three eyes vertically like that uh, and like tentacles that come off them. Uh, both of you, if you can, make me wisdom saving throws. Ooh, 25. Um, that is a uh, 22. You guys feel something like it almost feels like like tendrils probing into your brain and you're able to kind of concentrate and it doesn't feel like they're able to like grab hold and it feels like the sliminess kind of moves away as if it gives up. Well, that was weird. Uh, did that you feel something poking around in your brain? I did. It wasn't just whatever was already in there. Your head is crowded enough. I know. I got a lot going on. Uh, you know, I hit the head a lot and uh, lots of people uh, taking up shelter in my brain. It's not great. Um, okay. So, uh, so you know what this thing is? Yeah, it's an ablith. I don't think we're going to be able to reason with it. Probably not. Uh, do we attack it? What do, what do you want to do? I want to try to get inside our head. Don't advise you attacking it. Well, uh, hello? Who is that? You hear a voice kind of echo around in your heads. Are you the ablith? Indeed I am. Oh, what's your name? My name is Nzogoth. Okay. Uh, I assume since you're in our brains, you probably know who we are? Only cursory information. Okay. Your minds are more resilient than others. Well, I, I work out. You. You're a long way from home, mortals. What brings you to the realm of my dream? Oh, this is Where your dream. You're in your dream. Indeed it is. You are in well. the dream of Nzogoth. Oh, oh, our apologies. We didn't mean to show up here. We're actually trying to figure out how to get into our my, uh, my friend's dream here. I see. The land of Nod has many entrances and exits. It seems you went into one that is not advisable. You got that right. How do we get out? Come, I can show you the way. Uh, how about you just tell us the way? Yeah, we don't want to impose. By all means. And the being known as Inzogoth uh, sinks down into the water, and you feel his connection vanish. Maybe a moment or so later, the water explodes, and there's a really crude boat. It seems to have been dredged up from the bottom of this lake or crafted, it's a dream, you're not sure, 
Uh, but there's now a boat maybe a few feet away from you. Well, no, I guess for you guys it'd be about 35 feet away. Well, you want to get in the boat? Well, I don't think it's going to just let us go, so... It's already been in our brains, so and it's got tentacles mm. from what you're telling me, so... I don't yeah. know. I see we get in the boat and see what happens. Let's, I guess we don't have a choice. Come along now, child. Children of mortal kind. And uh, you guys get in the boat? We're getting in the boat. Yeah. Are you sure we're not imposing? I mean, we can, if you just tell us, well, we could probably find our way. You offer, and, and Zogoth does not say anything. He doesn't really respond to that. And you see these slimy, wet tentacles kind of latch onto the front of the boat. And he kind of, like a tugboat, pulls your little tiny, uh, uh, like little two, three-seater boat uh, along. And he starts slowly swimming through the lake. It looks like he could probably go faster, but you think he's slowed to, you know, make sure that you guys can actually travel without falling off. Well, at least he's uh, being considerate. Well, he probably wants us out of his dream. Um, I'm sure. Have uh, there been other any other people floating around your dreams? No, you were the first I've seen in my dreams in fat tens of thousands of years. Well, we apologize to uh, break your streak. Um, where exactly are we headed? The exit to my dream is on the other shore. Okay, maybe we should have walked around. I don't know. Uh, That's okay. This seems like it's faster. Um, yeah, I'm really sorry that we, we came into your dream. We, we were sent here, and we weren't really given a lot of instruction. You've come from the Pain Chateau. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, we have. Uh, oh, we were in the Pain Chateau. Before? All aberrations dreams have been connected to that place. Why is that? The mansion, the pain chateau, is owned, operated by a being who has taken control of the Lords of Madness. Someone is now in control of the Lords of Madness? Indeed. And who might that be? is a being known as Ananral Sin, the Flesh of Infinity. Oh. Okay. If, um, if you guys would like, you can roll uh, history on that name, uh, because I don't believe you guys have uh, come across that name. Nope. We have not. Uh, 17. 16. With the 16 and the 17, you guys know that the name Ananral Sin is associated with a title called the Flesh of Infinity. Uh, he's supposedly, or it's supposedly, an incredibly powerful aberration. Uh, some people worship him like a god. Uh, other people revile him. Uh, you don't really know a lot of details, honestly. So you are a friend of his, or uh, you work for him? How's that? Uh, what's your relationship? I am a fragment of a great old one, but I had never joined the Lords of Madness. Did you uh, not want to be a part? 
by the time the plan was already enacted, I had already been shattered by the gods. Shattered like in two pieces? Like, so you didn't look like this? Indeed. When the gods arrived in this world, I was already there. They saw my slumbering form as a threat, and thus chopped me into pieces, severing my power. Each piece now waits for the time it'll be whole again when Zogoth will rise above and take control of this world as I deemed fit in early days. So you need to be assembled then? In due time, all pieces will find their way to one another. This piece now resides within my own dream. Okay. Uh, so, which, uh, so, so it was, it was, it was Inanral Sin the one who destroyed you? Uh, he doesn't respond to that, uh, but he had said before that the gods, so, like, all of the, the gods that arrived in this world to, to be the gods, he was already there waiting. Okay. All right, so, uh... I don't know. Do we just keep going? Matt? Ophelia? I don't any know if I have any other questions. I, I feel like we're, we're bothering him. I don't want to be a bother. As you guys whisper back and forth uh, and then look forward again, uh, the giant bulbous aboleth is no longer towing the, the boat. The boat has now reached the middle of the lake and sitting at the front edge of the boat is a shadowy blackened figure. It seems to be made of darkness, and all you can see are three eyes on its head, as if the aboleth you were just speaking to in Zogoth took some kind of human-ish form. Oh, is that something you're able to do in the inside your dream? Tell me. What dream do you wish to go to? Well, we're uh, trying to get into my friend's dream. There are many things I can offer you, you know. Is it just, Such as? Is it just your dream you would like to go to? I can offer you dreams of anything you desire. Permanent, perpetual dreams. The life you deserve to have. Well, it's a very kind offer. Yeah, well, what's the catch? The catch is merely that you slumber for all eternity. Oh, well, we've kind of been hired for a job. We kind of sort of need to get back to it. Yes, of course. And Zogoth turns his head to your case and then slowly turns back to the two of you. Yes, of course. The job. You don't happen to know anything about this case, do you? I know more than you could possibly imagine. Okay. Oh, we've been very curious about his contents. It seems to be a bit of a, a mystery, even among, even from the person who gave it to us. 
If you will not take my offer, then I offer you this proposal. You have two choices. You can either go to the dreams of Jean-Claude Pierre-Paul, or I can take you to a place that will illuminate your knowledge on what resides within that case. What will you choose, I wonder? And the form falls back into the water. And you guys are left in the middle of this lake on this boat with the sparkling kind of lights above you on a still, still lake. And you have a choice. Do you wish to go to the nightmares of Jean-Claude? Or do you want to go somewhere where you might learn more about what's in that case? Well, uh... This is your... This is the whole thing has been for you. Where do you want to go? I mean, uh, we're under the assumption the case is causing the dreams. So if we know about the case, we might know about the dreams. Oh, that is a good point. I can at least tell you this. Zogoth offered you two choices and they are distinct and different from one another. Learn about the case. Maybe. Or go to your own nightmares. Hmm, so maybe my nightmares are uh, not related to the case. That's all I can tell you. Zogoth is absent at the moment. Well, um, there's a chance that just investigating the case might not lead us to getting out whatever it is that's inside your head. I think that's true. Maybe that should be our focus. Going to my dreams? Going to your dream. Yeah, I think we stay the course. I think you're right on this one. The, uh, uh, as you've made that decision, the boat immediately, like, falls to capsize, and you see that the, the gaping maw of the Avalith, now larger than before, probably about, like, 30 feet by 30 feet, this mouth, opens up, and your boat goes to fall in, and the mouth immediately closes right before the boat, like, gets there, like, almost as if it, like, the mouth snaps the front of the boat and freezes in place, and the voice enters into your heads again and says, Ah, so you do not wish to go to Shafilfkish. And then everything black goes black as the form of the Avalith vanishes, and you guys tumble into the darkness. You guys wake up, and you look around, and I. Uh, this looks kind of familiar, Jean Claude. Uh, you think that this is like an arena? You're in like the one of the back rooms of an arena. It's a, a small little room. There's a table. Uh, there's like a bag of gold on it. Uh, there's like a you know knife stuck into the table. Uh, there's a bed off to the side, kind of dirty and grungy. And you hear the sounds of yelling and screaming coming from outside the room. Does that look like a nightmare to me? This is uh, pretty much my wheelhouse right here. Oh, so this must be your dream then. Yeah, this is kind of where I hang out uh, 90% of the time when I'm not, uh, you know, delivering cases to uh, strange people that want to seemingly kill us, maybe. Um, yeah, this is sort of my jam right here. 
Okay, well, let's uh, let's look around and see what we can find then. Okay. So you guys take a peek around. Uh, it, before you even get to the door, the uh, the the you know kind of front door or the door to this room kind of kicks in, and you see a, a pretty well dressed man. Uh, he's a little larger. His uh, the buttons on his uh, jacket don't really like fit together very well. They're kind of pulling apart, you know. So they've sort of stuck together like one or two buttons, and the rest won't button up. Uh, he has like it's like a red jacket. He has a top hat. He's got a, a kind of a long greasy mustache, and uh, he comes in. He goes, Jean Claude, Jean Claude. It's great to see you, my friend. You're coming up. Oh, I remember him, I would assume, correct? Kinda. He he's less uh like a uh like a, a like a barker than he is like an amalgamation of like you know, barkers that you've seen for other fights, you know, throughout your 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 time in the industry, so to speak. So yeah, he, he sorta looks familiar, but he's not like an exact person you think that you know. Oh, uh, who am I, uh, who, who am I fighting? Who's, uh, who's next to, uh, get their ass kicked? Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude, we've told you this a half dozen times. You've been knocked around in the head a little too much. Come now, come to the ring. We need to get you, uh, ready for your fight. Uh, is my friend coming with me, or is it, uh, just me here? A tag team match. Well, you don't usually do those, Jean-Claude, but I think this time we can make an exception. It's a rather tough opponent you'll be dealing with. Ophelia, you up for it? Uh, sure. I mean, it went fine last time. Okay. I'm Let's, here to help. Uh, is there anything else in the room we see? Uh, Any weapons or anything that we're taking with us? Are we, are we in our full gear? You're in your full gear. The Barker is bidding you to to hurry up if you want to stop and look around the room you certainly can do you want to stop and look around the room let's just do a quick glance All investigation right, quick checks glance. uh by the way ophelia you have disadvantage on this investigation check okay. do i have advantage then nope okay uh 10 uh ophelia as you're looking around uh the the barker is like right behind you and he goes ophelia is it uh, yeah, that, that, that's me. That's not exactly a warrior's name. And he kind of, like, stands back and, like, not ogles you, but, like, kind of gives you, like, a weird up and down as if he's, like, judging you. And he goes, well, I've seen worse fighters, I suppose. Uh, perhaps we can call you, uh, uh, Blood Fist Ophelia. How does that sound? What about Dragon Slayer Ophelia? How do you feel about that one? Well, I don't know that I've killed any dragons. That seems like a lie. Ah, it doesn't need to be the truth, honey. You just stick with me and I'll make sure that they're, uh, yeah, you're being hyped up. And you don't really get a chance to, to look around the room very well as this guy's bothering you. Uh, Jean-Claude, what about you? What'd you get? A nine. With a nine, what I described. Dagger on the table, a bag of ten gold. That's about it. Okay, well, um, well, I suppose uh, we should get going to the uh, to the arena then. Are you taking the money or anything? Oh yeah, we'll take the money and the dagger. If you want it, it's yours. Sure, we got we got money and a dagger. Perfect. That's all we need for this fight, I'm sure. You pull the the dagger out of the uh, uh, the table, and it's kind of nicked. It doesn't seem like it's especially high quality. 
Uh, and uh, the Barker uh, kind of hurries you along. Uh, and he goes, come now, come now, follow me. You guys right. follow? I, yeah, I suppose <laughs> yep, we follow him. Follow. Sure. And Jean-Claude, it, it feels like the, the path to get to the arena is familiar, but not exactly like an arena you've been to. Uh, the, uh, the, the crowds and cheers are, are, you know, increasing. It seems like everyone's, you know, genuinely excited. And, uh, uh, the, he comes to a hall and there's a gate that is opened up. Uh, you're not sure how it's open. There doesn't seem to be a mechanism from this side. Uh, and the, uh, uh, you know, this, this kind of showboat, uh, announcer, uh, looks to you too, and he says, "Well, come on out when I call your names." And he waddles okay. himself out. Uh, anything you'd like to do in the brief time before he gets out there and starts yelling? Uh, I grab my, I pull my shield out. Have we rested at all? You guys, yes. Yeah, or you are guys, we still came in here? I, uh, you guys have the same amount of, I. Uh, or would have the same amount of damage you had after Zyklon attacked you guys. Uh, okay. If you want, in between those dreams, you could have spent hit dice. So if you want to do that, I'll allow it. Okay, yeah, I would like to yeah. do that. Okay. Let me do that just real, real quick. Sure thing. What is it, two plus uh, constitution? Or whatever, roll plus constitution? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the hit dice roll plus constitution for each dice roll. Uh, nothing else you wanted to do uh, uh, while waiting for the guy to waddle out there? Uh, I guess maybe can I like just take a look around where, where I am? Sure. Perception check. And that's an 11. With an 11, uh, the, the hallway that led you here is pretty mundane. Uh, but what's odd, Ophelia, is now that you're thinking about it, this is almost a direct path from the room you were in. It feels like there should be other hallways or something, but basically it just leads directly to this arena. You think maybe that's because it's a, a dream? You're not sure. Uh, Jean-Claude, anything you're doing before the guy starts yelling? Um, no, I'm good. The announcer gets out to the center of the ring, and uh, as he stands in the center of the ring, he his voice booms, but you didn't really see him cast spells or anything, and he's not holding on to anything that should make his voice louder, but his voice kind of explodes through the arena. Uh, and it almost, like, deafens uh, uh, the the cheering voices. It, like, you know, you know, just the difference between them. He says, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages whose parents let him into this grisly, bloody event, we now have the main event. Hailing from parts unknown. He's your favorite. My favorite. His enemy's least favorite. Jean-Claude Pierre-Paul. And his tag team partner, making her appearance for the very first time I'll mention. The Blood Fist, the Dragon Slayer, Ophelia. And the crowd freaks out and starts cheering. 
We start chatting out. Yep. You guys Hello, my friends. How are you? And your voice is silenced by the 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 the, the crowds and crowds of people that are watching. Tons and tons of people. Uh, and their forms just kind of blend together in this sea of, of, you know, mortal kind. And you get to the center of the ring, and the announcer's voice kind of goes back to being like a whisper that you guys can hear. Uh, and he goes, ah, did you get enough rest there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all set. Good show, good show. He says, this is a doozy. He says, and their competitor, hailing from the same place as Jean-Claude in a rare twist of fate. And everyone gasps. But your announcer is coming from parts unknown, so you don't know if the crowd's really following exactly. Uh, the announcer points to another gate, which starts to open. He says, the masked man. And everyone freaks out and starts cheering. And this armored knight with this, like, big giant helmet with horns comes out wielding a big axe. And it's just, like, this big, heavy-armored squat knight. And he slowly walks out. Is, he, with, is he within a few feet of us? or is he, he, comes like to about, yeah, he comes to about uh, 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 30 feet away from you guys. And the announcer says, he goes... On my mark, the battle will start. On a one, on a two, on a three. And the announcer, like, you know, just kind of vanishes. And you guys can roll initiative. Oh. Uh, 18. 12. Uh, 18, Ophelia. Uh, somehow the masked man had a crazy good roll. Uh... And Jean-Claude Pierre-Paul. Wonderful. Ophelia, it is your turn. Okay, so I'm sorry. We're like 10 feet away from him? Uh, 30, you're within 30 feet. Okay. Um, I'm going to, if I can, back off um, maybe like another 10 feet. Sure. The arena is very big. Yeah, you can absolutely back off 10 feet. So you're now 40 feet away from him. All right. And then I'm going to try to hit him with a, uh, with a guiding bolt. By all means. Is 18. Uh, 18 is a hit. That's 4d6. Well, what'd you get? 20 damage. Ooh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 18, 18. 18? Yeah. Still pretty good. Uh, Guiding Bolt strikes the uh, masked man, and he now glows uh, uh, this kind of like shiny, uh, kind of iridescent color. And uh, Jean-Claude, you're going to have advantage on your first attack against him. Sweet. Anything else, Ophelia? Um, I think I think I'm going to hold tight for now. All right. Uh, the masked man's turn. He hefts up the uh, big great axe. Uh, and he rushes forward to you, Jean-Claude, uh, and uh, goes to swing with a grunt. Uh, swings twice, actually. What's your AC? 16. Miss and uh, a hit. I cast uh, Warding Flare because I can do that on other targets now. 
Oh, so, so he has disadvantage on that second. Yeah. Ah, uh, he misses. Hey, uh, all right. He, your the light shines, and he kind of like puts up his hand, swings blindly, and uh, Jean Claude, you duck underneath the blow that was going right for your head. Oh, my friend, in that heavy armor, you're just too slow. Jean Claude, it's your turn. Oh, you bet it is. I'm going to back up ten feet. So I'm ten feet away from him. I'm going to spend one key point, and I'm going to pull out my fangs of the fire snake. Ooh, go right ahead. Now my fangs of the fire snake, every time I hit you and I punch you, giant tendrils of flames, giant flaming fists and feet will come pouring in your direction, setting you ablaze and bludgeoning you and making you cry and weep. can't imagine the masked man appreciates that. Probably not. All right. So I have advantage on the first hit? Advantage on the first one, yep. That is a 19. Oh, that's a hit. A 10. That's a miss. And a 24. That's a hit. All right, so that is... Are you increasing the damage or anything? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do, uh, yeah, I'm going to do, I spend a second key point and do another D10 of fire damage. So this is all fire damage. Cool. Uh, hold on. What was, there was, uh, 11, 16, 20, oops, stay on there, there we go, uh, 20, 32 damage total. Ooh. No, 30 damage total. I'm sorry. 30. Just whatever we say for damage, take two off, apparently. Yes. <laughs> uh, you uh, uh, throw your hands out, and serpents of fire lash against uh, the masked man's heavy armor. And, uh, like, you know, big red spots glow from the, the heat where he was hit, and uh, that did a bunch of damage. Uh, Jean-Claude, are you moving or anything? Yes, I'm also going to back up. Uh, let's see, I'm already 10 feet away. I'm going to back up another 30 feet. Yeah, you back up uh, 30 feet, so you're 40 feet away, away, uh, sort of parallel to uh, Ophelia. Uh, Ophelia, your turn. Um, as a bonus action, can I get a, see if I can figure out how hurt uh, our opponent is? Insight. Uh, 17. You don't think he's at half health yet. Okay. Man, uh, we did a lot of damage. Yeah, you did. He's a big, tough guy. All right, I am going to... Oh, that's a that costs a bonus action. Never mind, I'm not going to do that this turn. Okay. I'm expecting some heavy artillery. You You have some big spells up your sleeve. I do, but I'm I'm holding because I, I the spell I want to cast is a bonus action. You can use that as a standard action then. Oh, okay. You can. I I would always allow a bonus action to instead be done as a standard action. It wastes your standard action, but you can do it. Okay, then I'm going to cast a spiritual weapon. Ooh. Um, and I'm assuming since he's in armor, I'm going to want something like a hammer for like. Bludgeoning damage. I think your spiritual weapon always does like the same type of uh, damage. Uh, it's just what it looks like. 
Oh, okay. What's your uh, what? the god or goddess you follow? Oh shoot. Ah, we you won't worry about that. that for now. All right. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be like a bow and arrow. It would be oh, like okay. it would almost be like a point blank bow and arrow shot. All right, and then so I. How do I attack with that then? I think it's a spell attack uh, on your turn, isn't it? And cast a spell. I, I mean, that's what I was assuming. It says melee, a melee spell attack. Okay. Yep. So it's a spell attack, but it's done uh, in melee range of the floating spectral weapon, uh, which you can create uh, up to 60 feet away from you. So I presume you're doing that right next to the enemy. Yes. And then I guess I'll use it to attack. Yep. Okay. And that is a 19. Uh, that's a hit. Okay. So it's 1d8 plus my casting modifier. Wisdom bonus. Yep. So that wouldn't be the, that would just be the wisdom bonus, not the proficiency and all that stuff. Just the wisdom bonus. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. That's still, that was an eight. So that's a uh, 11 damage. Nice. And then how much, uh, how much distance do I have between this, me and this guy? 40 feet. All right. I'm going to back up another, you know, what? I'm actually good where I am. I'm going to stay where I am. Gotcha. Uh, the masked man's turn. Uh, the masked man, uh, moves up 30 feet. Uh, that's about all he can move. He gets within 10 feet of you guys and uh, pulls out throwing axes and heaves them at you uh, guys. He's going to throw two at you, uh, Ophelia. What's your AC? Uh, 17. Gets you with the first one. And gets you with the second one. I'm going to do, do one warding flare. Uh, you had a 16 AC? 17. 17? Yeah, he still gets you. Sorry. He had rolled high both times. You take six and six damage as two axes uh, uh, land into you. Uh, Jean-Claude Pierre-Paul, uh, it's your turn. I'm going to get within 10 feet and melt this tin man down and recycle him and turn him into a cod piece for me because that's what he's worth. He's worth a ball covering for me. By all means, go right ahead. Yep. I don't think that uh, he'd like uh, to be ball coverings. Probably not. That is a uh, 17. Hit. One. Oh, first of the, the recording session. Uh, yeah. You miss. Uh, next attack. And a 20. Unnatural 20. You hit. Uh, so you hit twice. All right. I'm just going to do. I'm not going to do the extra D10. Sure. Uh, that is 16 damage. All right. Uh, oh, and I'm going to back up. Uh, back up another uh, 30 feet. So I'm 40 feet away from him. Sure. Uh, Ophelia, it's now your turn. Okay, I'm going to back up about 30 feet as well. 
Yeah, you back up I'm 30, 30 feet. feet away from him. Um, and then I think I'm going to hit him with another guiding bolt. Sure thing. Uh, oh, wrong. There we go. Uh, that is a 26. That's a hit. That is uh, that is twenty four damage. That was four sixes. Wow, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, and then I want to use my uh, my bonus action to use the to do the spiritual weapon. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. Uh, so that that for the to hit is still my full seven bonus, right? Yeah, it's a spell. It's the same as if attacking with a spell. Okay, so that's a 19. That's a hit. Okay, and then that was 1d8. Uh, and that is 9 damage. Man, that ain't bad. You're going to get some good rolls there. Yeah. yeah I, I rolled like the first three sixes, and I'm like, there's no way this last one. Yep. <laughs> uh, the masked man's turn. Uh, he's moving a little slower. He advances 30 feet can't reach you guys, and uh, grabs out axes and throws one at each of you. Hit, and hit. Uh, I'm going to use... Eh, actually, I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll just deal. Uh, you both take eight damage as axes fly uh, across the uh, arena and into your sides. Jean-Claude Pierre-Paul, it is your turn. Okay, I'm going to uh, get within 10 feet of him, and uh, I'm already within 10 feet of him, and I'm going to do the same move. My uh, fangs of the flaming snake, whatever the hell it's called. Yes. I'm going to melt them. I have advantage? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the first attack does. Oh, well, in that case, that is a Uh uh, 17. Uh, 17's a hit. An unnatural 20. That's a hit. And a 25. Also a hit. All three. Nice. What'd you get? 23 damage. You step forward and launch your hands out, and uh, two snakes of fire uh, go just smashing into uh, the masked man and explode out the other side. Uh, And your final one uh, is, you know, as you're pulling one of your fists backwards, it lashes across him, and the uh, masked man uh, reels for a bit, whispers something in your guys' direction, and falls to the ground. Uh, did you hear what he said? No, I don't think I caught it. Uh, can we go check him out? Yeah. I have a bad feeling about this. Me too. All right, let's take a look at him. Can we lift his mask up? Sure. So you guys get down, uh, and the, the, the squat figure is just lying with like a big hole in his chest. And you pull the the horned helmet off his head, revealing a dwarf. And Lysander looks up at you with blood just oozing down his face. He's like, why didn't you save me? 
and you realize that the crowd is no longer cheering. You look up, and the crowd is no longer, like, people. It's just this, like, amalgamation of darkness, like, with red eyes, and they have big, giant, shining red grins, and you just hear the softest giggles coming from the uh, crowd, and you hear a voice behind you say, now wasn't that a show worth remembering? And you turn around, and you see that stand, uh, sitting on the case that's no longer in Ophelia's hands is the, the chubby announcer, the barker. And he smiles real big, and he goes, I've been waiting for you for some time. Jean-Claude Pierre-Paul. And his voice alters immediately. And he smiles real big at you. And that's where we're going to go ahead and pause today's session. Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind the scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.